We're on board now. We're on board. But like I said, the draft was good. You know, like I said, obviously the Eagles did what they had to do. I mean, I was, I mean, I was okay with it. You know, you know, it's hard to, to sit there and say, "Boy, the Eagles won the draft for something," because there really is no winners until you actually see what the end result is down the road. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I was, yeah, like like you, I was okay with the draft. I wasn't blown away or anything, but you know, um, based upon what I always say, man, if you get, if you can get, say. At least if you can get two quality starters and two good backups out of the draft, that's a B draft. I think the Eagles have got at least that. I think um, Andre Dillard is a, is going to be good, potential all-pro type tackle. Um, I like Miles Sanders at running back. He'll be a starter. I see a lot of Sean, of Sean McCoy in him. I really... Uh, I really like that the Eagles did that because it, it almost pays tribute to what to Shay McCoy, a Pennsylvania guy who stays in state for his yeah. high school, college, and now his pro career. And obviously, if it wasn't for Chip Kelly, you know, Shady could still be an Eagle right now. But like I said, I mean, it, I actually like that pick. You know, I I really do, and I think he's he's got the talent to be very good. You know, you look at you look at him. He backed up Saquon Barkley. And, you know, there was a lot, you know, I heard a lot of things about him, about Sanders very well that he could be uh, in even, well, not, maybe not from a skill set standpoint or break, a, you know, from a skill set standpoint better than Saquon, but he might have even better speed than Saquon. Yeah. For what I heard. Well, he's got, Saquon has better top, top end speed, but um, Sanders might have better quickness than agility. Um, but, um. And overall, he's not quite on the level. He's not on the level of Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott, but I think he could be really good. Like I said, man, I see a lot of similarities between him and McCoy when McCoy was coming out. And I and I assume he'll wear number twenty-five. Maybe. <laughs> like I said, it's like you you it, you know because like I said, I know the Eagles have struggled with the. Obviously, I know the Eagles have struggled with running backs basically since Shady since Shady left, but. Obviously, you have Jordan Howard. You have Jordan Howard at least for this year, and and Miles Sanders can obviously ease his way into the lineup the way Shady did a decade ago with with Brian Westbrook. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully that works out for for him. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's a good pick. So right there, you got your two starters at least, and then um, with Whiteside, you know. He wasn't my he was my top receiver, you know. My guy was Andy Isabella, who is a completely different type of receiver. But if the Eagles are looking, we're looking to go with a bigger guy. He was the best guy on the board, and he's really he might have been he might be the best in terms of like large big receivers. He might be the best in the track. Um, I mean, the guy can he's he's probably easier eventual replacement for Alshon Jeffrey as a sort of one number one receiver. The Eagles don't really have a number one type, number one receiver in their offense. You know, they spread the ball around, but yeah, he can go up and get it. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens there. You know, I mean, you know, to me, he's like a project for now. You know, you yeah. know. Yeah, no, he comes in. He can. He, he'll provide good depth. You know, if um, say Jeffrey gets injured because he's injury prone. 
I think he can step in and be effective in that in that sort of big body receiver, you know, red zone jump ball type role as a rookie. But um, yeah, going forward, he's um, he, he's got a lot of talent, so I think he can be a starter too. Or I think he will. I mean, at worst, he should be good a good depth player. But I think he can. I think he'll be a starter in this league, and I think he'll be a pretty good one. Um, you know, and then you look at Sharif Miller. Uh, that pick I w- wasn't all that thrilled with. Um, I thought there were better defensive ends on the board. Um, he might be. I think he might be able to develop into a sort of rotational type player. He's never going to be a starter, but he's, he's a guy that uh, doesn't. He's got really. He's got really good speed off the edge, but he's not athletic. He's not, um, he's not very, he's not strong. Um, he's sort of just a speed rusher. And, uh, I mean, that, that, that could work a little bit in the, in the wide nine Jim Schwartz system because you get that extra space, you know, with the speed off the edge and you get around the, the line to the tackle. But, um, overall, I wasn't all that impressed with that pick, but he could be a decent rotational guy. Yeah. And then the quarterback was, uh, to me, that was uh, oh, pretty much a wasted pick, but whatever, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really like, you know, if, if you pick a quarterback within the first three rounds and you obviously have thoughts of the future, you have thoughts that, you know, maybe – there's a there's a that sends a message that you need to get your act together or this guy's going to replace you, you know, but I think the Eagles are looking at Adam as maybe a solid number three, maybe he could be a backup quarterback down the road if if Nate Sudfeld gets you know goes in free agency. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be. I I think when you think about about him, maybe within the next six years he can make maybe one or two starts out 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 curiosity. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, to me, that's a waste. I mean, if, maybe, if he can be a high-quality number two backup, and maybe you can trade down the line for a third or second rounder, it's kind of worth it. But, I mean, we already have Nate Sudfeld, at least this year, hopefully longer. But, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a quality number two, in my opinion, Sudfeld. Um, yeah, Sudfeld. but yeah. I mean, he can come in and play and be effective. Yeah, yeah, Sudfeld, I, I think he could be a decent backup. I really, I don't think the Eagles are going to look for a veteran backup. I think Sudfeld, what he did last year against Washington in the final game of the season, he, he kind of earned, he's kind of earned the right to be a backup. Yeah. I mean, to me, if you have a a quality started quarterback like we have with Wentz, but Wentz is also, also has injury issues, I mean, I'm not going to spend... 15 mil on a backup quarterback or something, but you can go out and get a, a decent veteran for a reasonable price as opposed to uh, picking some project in the fifth round when there's actually, there's actually talented players that can contribute on the board. Now, they all, like I said, during the draft, they, they traded to get some picks, but then Later on, they decide to trade away that pick to Indianapolis to get a defensive player that could potentially be in the rotation this year. 
Yeah, that was a nice move. That was a nice move too. He can he can he can be like the, the ultimate. Well, he's not obviously we signed Timmy Jernigan, so he's not gonna be a top three defensive tackle on this team. But he can he can be the number four, which with uh, with the way Schwartz likes to rotate his linemen, you know that's still a guy that can get the playing time. And if any of the top three guys goes down, then he could get significant playing time. So that's good. I mean, seventh round for a player that could contribute, that's, that, that was a good move there. Yeah. All in all, like I said, Howie Roseman, obviously, he's been the general manager here for a decade. At first, he wasn't the best at what he was doing, especially in the draft. But obviously, in the last couple of years, in the post-Chip Kelly era, and obviously hiring Joe Dutless, Dutless, he's done a he's done a lot better. He's done a lot better, and you know obviously yeah. I, I'll give this a very much a passing grade for the Eagles. I think that they they fit some needs. Like I say, Andre Dillard obviously, if they could groom him very well, he can obviously replace Jason Peters within the next year or so. And obviously, Miles Sanders is Shane McCoy two point maybe. And then they got Whiteside, which I think can be ver- a decent receiver in this league. And and the other and the other picks, you know, Sharif Miller, you know, we'll see how he 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 works out in the future. I mean, I think they did a decent job. I think they did. Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, you got at least two starters. One of at least one of which I believe is going to be a Pro Bowler in Dillard. Sanders will be a high quality starter. Could potentially make a couple Pro Bowls down the line. Um, Whiteside, at worst, he's good depth, but I think he'll be a starter at some point, um, and he'll be good. I don't think he'll be a pro bowler, but I think he'll be good. Um, um, like I said, um, Miller, he's, he could be a, a rotational player. He's not a starter, but when you get to day three, most of the guys you draft aren't, you're not expecting them to come to these starters but they should be able to try, provide some good depth. Um, so there's that. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of the quarterback. Um, and, um, and yeah, Ridgeway, or, yeah, um, and the trade we made, it was good. That, that gets us, a, uh, at least, that gets us another guy for depth. And so, I mean, in terms of the draft, that's at least a B draft. And if Whiteside develops into a quality starter, that could that 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 gets you potentially three starters, potentially two Pro Bowlers out of those three guys, and some depth at other positions. I mean, that's an A draft to me if it if Whiteside works out. Um, and on top of that, what the fuck is going on? I'm sorry, man. There's some. Some guy in front of me driving like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get that every day here. Um, anyway, anyway, um, the, they made they made some moves with the undrafted free agents too. Don't don't sleep on that. Um, yeah, that linebacker that we signed out of Wisconsin, T.J. Edwards. I think I like that as a as an undrafted free agent move. He could he could come in. I think he'll make the roster and he'll and he'll provide some good depth. Don't sleep on him. Um, they also signed two defensive tackles. They signed a couple guards, which we could definitely use some depth on the inside interior line. Um, one of these, one of the guards, 
I forget his name off the top of my head now, but um, he, he, I, but uh, they gave him a pretty nice amount of money for an undrafted free agent, so they're expecting him to come in and potentially make the team. Mm. So, you know, they they did make some moves after the draft too that that could give us even a little bit more talent on the roster. Yeah. Like I said, we'll see what happens there, you know. But you know, like I said, the Eagles did a good job, and we'll and we'll can, and we'll move on to what else happened in this trap. Obviously, you know. The one before we do that, real quick, the one thing that sort of disappointed me when the, the draft was going on was um, that when we got to the fourth round, um, there were some players that dropped to us in the fourth round when Miller was on the board when we drafted Miller, and, um, I mean, there was one one player in particular, Deontay Thompson, safety from Alabama. He was still on the board, and obviously going forward, we don't need a safety this year, but going forward, you know, Jenkins is older, um, and, and uh, McLeod and Sandejo, they're both pretty much on one-year deal, so we could have really used the safety and, Deontay Thompson in the fourth at the at the last pick of the fourth round would have been a steal, mm. but oh well. That's that's obviously what they what what happens, you know, and that's for every team. Every team's gonna find somebody that they 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 stole, and then they'll then then there's one guy that they'll miss out on. It's just it happens yeah. every year. It happens every year. But like I said, let's look into the rest of the draft here. The big, the bigger stories. Obviously, Kyler Murray, no surprise. He he goes number one. Arizona, nobody nobody bitched or complained about it. But obviously, Josh Rosen was on the move. He got tra- traded on Friday to the Miami Dolphins, and that all and 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 I and I told you in the last video that in the last cast that. You know the AFC East is sending a message to Brady and Belichick that the future is coming, and now three of the five top five quarterbacks from lat from the twenty eighteen draft are now represented in the AFC East. So, what do you yeah. think about what Miami did? Nah, I mean, I kind of feel bad for Rosen. He got he got drafted to that shit team in Arizona. It was terrible, terrible situation. Bad offensive line. No, no talent around him whatsoever, except for David Johnson. Um, and now he's getting sent to Miami, where it's, that's not a good team. And he's going to be, I mean, their line, I, I think that line's going to be pretty bad this year again. So, he's, I think he's, unfortunately, I think he's going to have a tough time in this league. Unless, my, unless you know, Miami can really... Turn that turn it around in the next few months. I mean, I don't I don't think they have much talent on that team. I think that offensive line's bad. It's, they got a little bit more talent on Miami this year than Arizona had last year on offense, but I still don't see much in on there. So I think he's going to have a tough time. Um, I've said it a hundred times already. Um, I'm not a fan of Sam Darnold. It just is what it is. I just don't think he's anything more than an okay quarterback. 
even though they even though they they went out in free agency and they spent a ton of money, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be anything special. And Josh Allen, once Brady retires, he could end up. Be, I think he's going to end up being the best quarterback in that division. Um, he showed some. He showed a lot of potential last year. Um, I really like what the Bills did in the draft and in, in free agency this year. They got a lot of talent around him now. Last year he had zero talent, and he still showed some flashes of what he can do. Um, so this year they actually got some players on the team. I think he's going to take a big step forward. Um, he's not going to – it's not on the same level as Wentz, the way the broad progress he's going to make, I don't think. But when you look at what Wentz had and did as a rookie – and you look at what Josh Allen had around him and did as a rookie, um, and then obviously going into Wentz's second year, the Eagles loaded up that offense with talent just like the Bills did. I think uh, I think you're going to see a major jump forward for Josh Allen this year, just like we saw with Wentz from year one to year two. Well, yeah, well, we'll see what happens there. You know, obviously, you know, Obviously, New England did a very good job as well. They also drafted a quarterback. Obviously, Belichick, even if Brady, if, even though, hypothetical, let's be hypothetical here. If Brady does decide to retire after this season, Belichick is not going anywhere. He's going to be the head coach here, here in New England for at least another five more years. And he's going to do what he's got to do to keep the Patriots relevant after Brady's done. So I have to give... Because, because remember, Belichick is also the general manager, so he, he so he made a lot of moves as well to keep to keep the Patriots where it is. Now, obviously, if they can find a core, if they can find a quarterback, if that's the guy that they got, or is okay with, then they're good. But, but obviously, he sent a message as well that, you know, even if Brady does walk away or does decide to call it a career after this year or next year. It's not like I'm going away. I'm still going to be running this bitch for another couple of more years. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to, when Brady leaves, he's still going to want to stick around and, and prove that he can win without Brady, you know? Um, and I don't think the guy that they drafted is going to either start or down the line, but some, somehow every year the Patriots are loaded with a ton of draft picks, even though they, so even though that they pick at the end of the first round. They have so many draft picks that they can just just easily trade up to the top fifteen if there's a quarterback available. So they'll they'll find a quarterback one way or another. But for now, next year or two, they still have Brady. So yeah, yeah. But like I said, you know. The quarterbacks, obviously, 2020 is a better, it's a much better class than 2019 this year. Obviously, you know, Kyler Murray, we know already, we already talked about him going number one. Dwayne Haskins was on the board, but the Giants decided to pass on him like we all, like my mindset said, said to myself. And they decided to draft a quarterback that's absolutely, you know, it's kind of like the equivalent of the Eagles drafting Marcus Smith in 2014, a guy with no first round upside, a guy who's who barely makes it as a as a backup quarterback, but somehow the Giants decide, you know what, 
this guy, he's a man, he's like a Manning. You know, he went to the Manning Passing Academy. They were, you know, he was coached by a guy who coached the Mannings over the years and worked with Eli in the offseason. They decided to take Daniel Jones. And and I know and I know like you like you were going to say it's a joke pick, but give me your analysis on that joke of a pick that the Giants decided to do. Well, if that was a bad pick, I mean, I've forever said I don't like any of these this first round quarterbacks, but he was the worst of all of the top four um, between Murray, him, Haskins. And Drew Locke, who ended up going in the second round, but I thought he might be the he was I thought he was the worst of the four. We're looking at a guy. I get he didn't have much talent around him, but we're looking at a guy that has a little has uh, arm strength, you know, and he, it's a guy that didn't even complete fifty percent of his passage passes in college. Um, and again, I get he didn't have much talent around him at Duke, but. Still, he's limited in terms of upside as far as I'm concerned. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the max you're going to get out of him is Andy Dalton type of production. And that's stretching it. That's stretching it. Well, yeah, that's the max I'm looking at from him. I think, again, I don't think he's, I don't think any of these quarterbacks are superstars, but he's average at best as far as I'm concerned. So picking him at number seven was just a bad pick. It's too bad for the Giants. It's good for the Eagles, but it's too bad for the Giants because I actually like Bob versus their picks. But, you know, when you take a quarterback that early and you fail, it puts a dark cloud over the rest of your draft, and I think that's going to be a fail. Like I said, the Giants are going to suck for the next five years. Eli probably retires after this year, and he takes over next year. And obviously, Jerry Reese, even though he needed to go after the 2017 season as a general manager up there, he did do a very good job at drafting a lot of good players. And he did, and his, and under his wing, they did win a championship. So he wasn't, you know, Dave Gelman looks like he just he thinks he's a genius. He just looks more, he looks worse than Jerry Reese ever did as the general manager deciding to do that. You know, obviously. They had the chance, but think about this. Dwayne Haskins goes to Washington. Now, I know you're not a big fan of him either. But in in last year, last year, he, Dwayne Haskins, threw only eight interceptions all of last season. Daniel Jones rumoredly, rumoredly, and may be true, threw nine interceptions in one game. In one game. Like, I, I look, I, I'm not saying that these quarterbacks are going to be pro bowlers or Hall of Famers, but at least if you, ha- you know, Dwayne Haskins played against tough talent. The Big Ten is a football conference. So you have to give him a lot of credit for what he what for what for he played against. Daniel Jones plays in a, in a decent conference too, but he plays for a basketball school. Duke is a basketball school. They've never been a football school. Or they haven't been in decades. You know? Yeah. So. I know. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he's, I, I'll, I'll give him that. He um, played, for, played for a school that, again, had no talent around him. 
and he played in a pretty tough conference. I mean, there's Clemson, there's Virginia Tech. I mean, he plays. They play. They play some tough. He plays some tough school. And he, they're severely undermanned, but I, I just don't see it. Well, like I said, I I don't know. I mean, to me, I I look around a lot. You know, the first wide receiver off the board was Hollywood Brown, who's actually the younger cousin of Antonio Brown. He went to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, Temple. uh, When the Eagles traded up, I thought, I didn't even think about Andre Boat at the time. Um, When the Eagles traded up, I was like, okay, Montez Sweat was still there. And there were a lot of rumors going into the draft that the Eagles really wanted Brown. So I was was thinking it might be one of those two. But, yeah, when, uh, but, yeah, I was fine with Dillard. But, yeah, Hollywood Brown would. Is a good is a good receiver, man, and he's gonna he's gonna make a lot of plays out there in, in the, Baltimore. Well, that's Long the pro- Well, that's the problem because you know you know how close I am to the Ravens. The problem is, I hope and I hope that Lamar Jackson has better arm strength. They worked on his arm strength this off season. I hope they're working hard on his arm strength because. Being a wide receiver or, or a tight end or anybody on that team with the way they run their offense would be kind of a dead giveaway. Like I'd be pissed off oh, if yeah. I'm Hollywood Brown if if they still if they still if they're still a run centric offense and he barely gets any touches. Like he'll get less than five touches per game under the way they ran the offense last year. Oh yeah, but I mean if they run the offense like that this year again, um, Lamar Jackson's not going to be around long. Because that's not a, uh, a way, a sustainable way to win games. I mean, they they won some games in the in the regular season last year, and they were able to sneak into the playoffs. But they're not going to be able to do that over a 16 game period and be successful. So if they if they try that this year, they're not going to they're they're not going to win very many games, and Lamar Jackson's going to be on the out. And the and so, the set and the set going forward, Brown is going to get a Well, the, the sad thing is their defense is much weaker than a year ago than they were exactly. than they were. They, so, so obviously he's my, they, that puts more burden on the offense to win more games than they did a year ago because you don't have Terrell Suggs there, you don't have Eric Weddle there, you don't have C.J. Mosley there. There's a it's a much it, it, it still may be a good defense, but but those three are are, are Pro Bowlers and fu- and two of them are future Hall of Famers and they're gone yeah. and they're gone. All in the same off season. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I, now I will say I do like the rest of their their draft though. Um, Brown, Jalen Ferguson is he's going to be good on that team. Ferguson is um, again they drafted two receivers, Miles Boykin also. Um, so I, I like Boykin too. Big Notre Dame fan. I got I got <laughs> a lot of him. So. Big, big, big surprise! You're a you're, you like anything from Notre Dame? Big surprise. Not necessarily, man. Not necessarily. Him, I do like. He, he, he was. He can be real productive, especially if he, he's got the right coaching and he's in the right system. He can be a really good player. But um, but yeah, I do like the rest of the Ravens draft overall. But again, 
it's all dependent upon Lamar Jackson, and I just don't think he's an NFL quarterback over over the period a long term period. Like I said, going back to uh, Montez Sweat, you know, obviously Washington did draft him, but there was also a lot of discussions, a lot of red flags allegedly because of it, a heart problem or something. So obviously he, he, he you know, you got to give Washington a little credit, even though it's hard to give credit because it's a division rival. But they did a really decent job. They got, a core, they got the best quarterback rated in the draft. They got maybe one of the best defensive players, but in the fourth round they decide to take a a a, a risk on oh maybe a guy that was coming that if he came out last year, rumoredly even though I think still I think Saquon would have went ahead of him would have been one of the would have been a first round pick, but he coming off an injury Bryce Love who was a Heisman Trophy finalist in 2017 and was rated the number one back back in the country in 2017, he goes in the fourth round to Washington. Your thoughts on Bryce Love? Yeah, he's um, he's a guy that I like. I thought he was going to drop a bit further than the fourth round because he's got a major knee injury that probably is going to keep him out most of the year. And there were some rumors out there that it, a lot of teams were concerned with the healing of the injury. Um, but Hey, the Redskins got him, so they must. I'm sure they checked him out, and they think that he'll be able to return back to form. And if he does, you know, he's not an every down back, but he's a guy that is going to make plays. And I, I do like that pick. Um, I thought Montez Sweat was a steal at 26. This heart problem was way over exaggerated, just like last year with um, Maurice Hurst, who dropped all the way to fourth round. Um, it was the same type of deal. He, he had some rumored heart problem that was, it basically turned out to be nonsense. But, you know, so a lot of times these teams pick and pride players and they find issues that really are issues. Um, and it causes, causes them to, causes these players to drop. But yeah, um, Bryce Love was a good pick. I think he'll be a good player in the league as long as he returns back to form. I mean, we saw him two years ago at Stanford. He was a Heisman finalist, man. He's a guy can play. Well, hopefully, like I said, hopefully he does have a decent career, if not with Washington, with somebody. And hopefully, you know, he does live up to what he was because he was one of the top running backs in the country at one time. Now, back to your... They both come back and recover from their injuries. You know, they got... um, Darius Geis and Bryce Love. That's a nice one-two combo there. You know, you got the you got the power, you got the thunder with with uh, with Geis, and then you got the lightning with Love. So, yeah. Now going back to your little your precious little school there, Notre Dame. Dexter Williams was drafted to Green Bay in the sixth round. Your thoughts on him? Do you know? I know you know much about him. What what's your thoughts? I mean, six rounds, nice. Sixth round is a good value for him. He's a he's got he's got a lot more talent than Josh Adams did last year. Who went obviously he went undrafted, but I mean he came to the Eagles. He led the Eagles in rushing last year. Um, Williams, he's got he's, he's a better player than 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 Adams, but I mean he's not going to be a superstar or anything. But he'll be a nice guy for depth. 
All right. Like I said, I mean, just looking around. Now, obviously, back to my Ravens. They, you know, if if Lamar Jackson does not work out, they did draft a quarterback, also in the sixth round in in and Penn State and Trace McSorley. <laughs> now, I don't know what you think of him. If you know anything about him, because you don't follow Penn State that much, but I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think he's going to be anything in the NFL. Maybe a decent backup, but that's about it. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be anything special, though. And for for hilarious, for, for for funny purposes, some you know, there's a lot of crazy crazy names on here. Some names we'll never you you and I can't pronounce. But then you think about some unique names. One, Michael Jordan was drafted. Yes. Yeah. Not, not the. We know it's not the Michael Jordan, but he was drafted in this in this draft, and he, he, Michael Jackson was drafted to the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Well, not only was Michael drafted to the Cowboys, but the Cowboys also took Joe Jackson too. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's funny as hell. <laughs> That's funny as hell. I actually really like Joe Jackson, though. He was a guy that I would have, he went in the fifth round. I would have rather had the Eagles take him in the fourth round over Miller. But, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, like I said, it it, it is hilarious. I mean, every every year you'll get some some interesting names and some interesting situations that go, that go in this draft. So, but like I said, yeah. I mean... Before we go to the Eagles schedule, even though it's hard to, to predict the winner, who do you think did the best in, in who a team did the best throughout these past three days? Well, I mean one one more quick thing before I do that. Um, we we kinda didn't didn't even talk about it yet, but uh, one of the biggest stories of this draft coming into it was what's gonna happen with what 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 are the Raiders gonna do with Bruden and Mayock running their first draft together? You know? Yeah. Um, obviously, that first pick that they made, Cleveland Farrell, um, yeah. at number four, that was a reach by all accounts. Yes, I knew that. That's typical Raiders. That's typical yeah. Raiders. Go where the experts don't tell you to go. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was a major reach. I, I mean, I do like Farrell. I, thought he, I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL. I think he'll be good for, I don't know, eight eight or so sacks a year. I think he'll set the edge. But at number four, you're looking for, if you're drafting a defensive end, you're looking for a guy that's going to get you 12-plus a year, you know, a guy that's going to be get consistently at your pressure. I think Farrell will be good. I think that was a major reach, though, obviously, just like everybody else. Um, but they did. They did make some other nice picks going after the after that one. Um, again, first round. I'm not a big fan of Josh Jacobs. I'm not a big fan of Alabama running backs in general, um, especially in the first round. But again, then you get to they had three first picks. They did get Jonathan Abram. That's not, that was a nice pick there. Um, he, he, he's potentially the best safety in the draft, and. It'll, it'll be good for them. Um, I'd like to Trayvon Mullen pick at cornerback. That was pretty solid. Um, 
one of my sleepers on, on day three that I really was I really was high on was Max Crosby. Um, he, the Raiders ended up taking him in the fourth round, picked four in the fourth round. Um, I think he's going to be good. He's a, he's a, he's undersized, but he is extremely quick and athletic, and he can get a, he'll get after the quarterback. And um, they got some nice value late. You know, they got Hunter Renfro in the fifth round, that wide receiver. That was a nice. That was that's some good value there. So overall, I thought they had a nice draft. They got good players. It was just that Cleveland Farrell pick was a bit of a reach. Um, not a bit of a reach. It was a major reach. Well, especially with Josh Allen still on the board. Well, but one thing is he is going to be a good player in the NFL. I'll say that. Well, one thing is for sure, I know you've respected Mike Mayock when it comes to the draft for the last 15 years. Obviously, since the NFL network began, you know, Mike Mayock has always been a fixture on that network for the draft, and you have a lot of respect for him. And now, obviously, he's gone from the armchair to the actual frontchair GM. And, I I mean, hopefully it works out because, like I said, I would respect Mike Mayock if he was on a respectable organization, but the Raiders are kind of a clown show, and so is John Gruden. So, hopefully, he can outsmart Gruden and make and make more, you know, make good decisions over the next few years. Hopefully, he lasts for three years because I'm 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 afraid he may not last that long if if the Raiders don't turn this around by the time they get to Las Vegas. But obviously. You know, I can give respect there to Mike Mayock. You know, you respect him very much as well. So hopefully, you know, this works out for him, for him in his first draft as a general manager. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, um, so again, back to your original question, though. Um, who I thought had the best draft in the league, sort of. Um, so th- there were... There's a lot of teams' drafts that I like. I mean, I look at every team's draft for the most part, and I can say everybody has some good picks, you know. And I, I can't look at anybody's draft and say, oh, man, this team really blew it for the, for the most part. Um, two teams, before I say who I think had the best draft, two teams that I was most unimpressed with, I guess you could say. And really the ones that I, I look at at their drafts and I say, oh man, they really didn't get a whole lot. Um, that's that's the Browns and the Bengals. I thought that their drafts were pretty weak overall. Um, Bengals, I mean, I know they took Jonah Williams, but I thought, you know, as a tackle, he's not good. As a guard, he's, he's pretty good, but um, you know, there's there's a better there's a be, there were better there's a better tackle out there in in and there's better there was at least one better guard out there in uh, Chris Lindstrom and potentially two if you consider Garrett Bradbury a guard he's like a guard tack he could he could play uh, guard or center um, so but yeah I didn't I didn't like the Bengals draft I didn't like the Browns draft the Bears. Um, I mean, they did what they could with what they had. They didn't have a first or second round pick, but they did get David Montgomery to replace uh, Jordan Howard. So, I mean, the draft was rather un- 
uninspiring, but it's because they didn't have any high draft picks. Um, so looking at looking at everybody though, and who I think had the best draft, I gotta. I, I kind of touched on it earlier. I gotta give it to the Bills, man. They had a they had a really good draft. They came into this off season overall. They needed a ton of help on the offensive side of the ball, at the skill positions and on the line. Um, they signed they signed a, a number of receivers. They signed a couple offensive linemen, that interior offensive linemen that can at least come in and be adequate or better than adequate. Um, and they came into this draft. They needed some help on the defensive line. They they needed some uh, right tackle. They needed um, um, a little bit more help on the on on the offense in general, really. And they came out. They they, they crushed it. I thought um, Ed Oliver, at number nine. That's he, he, that guy's going to be a, a, the centerpiece of that defensive line, sort of like Fletcher Cox, sort of like. Uh, Aaron Donald, you know, that's the type of guy you can build your line around. Um, they they uh, traded up in the second round. They got Cody Ford. Um, that's going to be their right tackle. They now have um, Deion Dawkins out of Temple playing left at left tackle. He's a very good player. Cody Ford at right tackle is going to be really good. So they got their two uh, bookends on the offensive line. Um, Devin, Devin Singletary, maybe running back isn't necessarily a need this year with McCoy and Frank Gore on the team, but Singletary is going to be a good back in the league. He reminds me a lot of uh, MJD back in the day, Maurice Jones-Drew. He's, he's, he's not huge. He's sort of built like a, a bit more like a bowling ball type player, but he's, he's super quick. He can make people miss. Um He's going to be a good player. Um, they got two talented tight ends, actually. One that they traded up into the third round again, and they got Dawson Knox. And then in the seventh round, they got Tommy Sweeney, who is actually a he's, he's a talented player. Um, I wouldn't sleep on him either. So they got they got two tight ends. Um, they drafted a linebacker in the fourth round. That's really fast, athletic player. Um, he, he can be a he. Can, he this year, he's just going to be a depth player because they actually have three good linebackers on their team in um, Jermaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, and um, Lorenzo Alexander. But he'll be good depth, and he can he can be a, he'll be a starter down the line. Um, they also got a safety from Miami, um, Jaquan Johnson. He's he's probably not ever going to be a starter in this league. But he's a great locker room guy, a, a major leader. Um, he can play football. He'll be a good third safety. But he's also going to be good in special teams. And when you're looking about six pounds, if you can get a player like that, that's a good pick. So, yeah, I think the Bills killed it this year. Well, time will tell. Like I said, you're thinking about the next, at least the next two to three years and you know, back in the day when we were younger, you had five years to prove yourself. Now you'll have less than three years to prove yourself or you will be replaced. That's just how the NFL works and how these players have to be developed. Yeah. So that's enough for the for the draft. Let's go into what everybody is hoping and looking forward to, our first look at the 2019 
Philadelphia Eagles schedule. And it's an interesting schedule and a lot of very intrigued games. They're the only team in the NFL that has to play three games on the road that I know of. They have three home games in a row after that. And they're the only team in the NFL also that has to play at the very end of the season four consecutive divisional games. So let's look at the schedule. The first weekend, September 8th, week one, hosting Washington. Go ahead. Well, um, Washington, I've, I, I think they're going to have some trouble this year again with uh, Alex Smith is pretty fun. Um, so they, they don't have much at quarterback. Again, yeah, yeah, they got they distracted Dwayne Haskins, but I'm not a fan. I think the Eagles win that one pretty easily. So I got the Eagles winning that one. Yeah, I got the Eagles winning too. I mean, I think Case Keenum makes it to week one, but I think that if they're happy with Dwayne Haskins, and obviously I could see him being the quarterback by the next meeting, so... Yeah, Washington, Washington's gonna get you know they're gonna probably get stomped beat like got beat by twenty in this matchup. Next, next is week two Sunday night in Atlanta. Yeah, this is a, this is gonna be a sneaky game, man. Something for some reason we always have a lot of problems in Atlanta, but uh, this is a sneaky one. I liked what Atlanta did in the draft. Um, they got two offensive linemen early, um, but. Sunday night in Atlanta. I th- I still think the Eagles are are a much better team, and I think they're going to come out on fire this year. So, I got the Eagles take winning this game. It's going to be a close one, though. Well, like I said, you're you're right. It is a sneaky matchup, but Eagles in, in Atlanta has had their struggles, and the Falcons normally start off hot anyway, with with Matt Ryan and everybody else. That's going to be a tough one. I mean, I think they'll they'll play well, but I think Atlanta early in the season they'll 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 they're going to be a much improved team in that in that NFC South. I think I leapfrogged them ahead of Carolina this year to give the Saints a lot of trouble. So, unfortunately, I think Atlanta pulls this off. Unfortunately, and I'm going to give Atlanta the win here. I think the Eagles lose here. Unfortunately. All right, week three. Host Detroit, the Lions, or hashtag New England Midwest. <laughs> well, um, yeah. The Lions aren't going to be very good, I don't think, this year. Um, and uh, I forget his name now. The, the referee that seems to always screw the Eagles against the Lions, he's retired. So, um so they're not going to have that advantage this year like they did in the past. So, yeah, Eagles win this one easy. Detroit has only one win against the Eagles in Philly in the last 35 seasons. Enough said. Detroit. Detroit's not going to beat the Eagles in this building. Eagles win. Okay, there are two ga- Now, there are a lot of hard games on this schedule. We already did one with Atlanta. We're split on that. They've never beaten Aaron Rodgers in four matchups, in four previous matchups, including the postseason. They play him on Thursday night, week four. Well, I did like what the, the uh, Packers 
interested in the draft this year. Um, but, and the thing is, Thursday night football games are always weird, especially when you're on the road. And somehow the Eagles seem to be on the road on Thursday night every year now. Um, I think Rodgers has a big game and the Eagles lose. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has always been, ugh, it's been pre, you know, it's good. I think Green Bay, like Atlanta, is a better team than they were. But for some reason, if this is the, to me, for some reason, this is the best chance for the Eagles to beat Aaron Rodgers, barring a playoff game in January. I'm going to I'm gonna surprise you and say the Eagles shocked the Packers in, in some way. Because I think... Because I don't, I look, I look at the Packers' skill set roster, and they're they're a little weaker than they've been. You know, I I can't trust, I can't really trust Green Bay, Green Bay long term with what they have around Aaron Rodgers this year. Even though I think they'll be better, and Rodgers will be, you know, Rodgers was good last year, but I think right. the Eagles sneak. I think the Eagles sneak. So we, so we're both at three and one. The only difference is you got Green Bay winning and I got Atlanta beating the Eagles in week two so we're both at three and one we enter October week five the New York Jets come to town yeah the Jets are awful man we're, we're, we're gonna kill them the Jets have never beaten the Eagles in a regular season game even when they were even when they were a decent team the last time they played them in 2015 they won 10 games and the Eagles, and they weren't one of them. So the Eagles should easily beat the Jets. I agree with you. Now, now another difficult game on the road. Week six, Minnesota. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this one's going to be a tough one, man. Minnesota is. Not, I mean, regular season, especially early in the regular season, they're going to be tough. Obviously, we know when it gets down to crunch time, uh, Kirk Cousins disappears. But early in the season, he's going to be good. That defense is still good. Um, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a close matchup, I think. But in Minnesota, I think I'm going to give it give it to Minnesota, man. This would be a revenge game from last year. This was the only team that Minnesota beat with a winning record last year. We were the only team that they beat with a winning record. It's a tough environment. You know, Kirk Cousins is, you know, he's it's it's tough, it's rough, you know. You know, Kirk Cousins has a winning record against the Eagles going back to his days in Washington as well. I'm going to pick the Eagles here. I, I think even though it's going to be a tough matchup, for some reason, the Eagles do better in Minnesota than than they do against Minnesota at home. So I'm going to go with the with the Eagles beating them, and maybe comfortably. All right, Week Seven, Sunday night, Dallas. <laughs> yeah, man, this one's in Dallas. Yes. Yeah. Um, this matchup, the Eagles Cowboys has been weird over the last few years. Normally you would think the the home team has the advantage, but a lot of times it's, it's the road team that ends up getting that win. And I think that's going to continue here. I think the Eagles uh, beat, beat the Cowboys in Dallas. Boy, we, we do like to disagree here. I mean, 
The last time these two teams met was in Dallas was one of the more controversial games of the rivalry. One of the more controversial games. With a division title on the line and the outside chance that in the playoffs, if they beat the if Dallas beat the Rams and the Eagles almost beat the the Saints, an NFC championship game matchup. But you know, this is this is gonna be I mean, the Eagles are more comfortable playing Dallas in their house than they do at home. But for some reason, I, I, I think Dallas, for some reason, they're going to find a way to win this game for some reason. I think it's going to be a tough battle, but I think Dallas finds a way to win. So I'm sadly going to go with the the, the, the crap boys. <laughs> All right. Well, your most improved team in the in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills, they go on the road. It's their third straight road game, week eight. Yeah, man, this is going to be a tough game. The Bills are no joke. They had a top five defense last year. They had uh, Ed Oliver to that defense. He's going to get after the quarterback. Um, they improved their offense majorly this offseason. So, and Buffalo is tough at home. Um, but... I think the Eagles still win this game. Um, I think it's going to be a close one, but I think uh, Wentz with his Wentz versus Josh Allen. I got to go with Wentz. So Eagles win. Like I said, if if if, if the if the if, if the Patriots start to falter, and you're right, and you may be right about the Bills being their biggest threat in the division, then obviously this is a very critical matchup. But obviously. Like I said, this defense against Josh Allen could have could could be a tough one for Josh Allen. I think that the Eagles somehow by this point have a very good defense and they take care of business. They beat Buffalo as well, so I give them a win here. We both have them at six and two, and now week nine home against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, man. Last. Last year in the playoffs, the Eagles got lucky. Obviously, we saw it. Um, this is going to be a revenge game for the Bears. But I think the Bears are a worse team this year than they were last year. Their defense, they lost some players on their defense. They lost their defensive coordinator. Um, I think last year was their biggest – last year was their shot to really – Make that Super Bowl. I think they're going to take a step back this season. And Eagles at home, I think they take this game. This is a revenge game. I, I mean, I think the Eagles will be ready, but I just think for some reason this defense is going to give a lot of trouble. I still think this is still a very good defense, even though Vic Fangio's not running it anymore. I still think this is a very good defense. And they and Khalil Mack. You know, if Jason Peters is hurt and and he and he can't play, Khalil Mack's gonna have whatever he can do whatever he wants. And Jason Peters did a, a a hell of a job. He's gonna that's a reason why he's gonna be a future Hall of Famer. If you can keep Khalil Mack away from Nick Foles, but this is Carson Wentz this time, and I don't think Wentz has as much luck against Khalil Mack. Unfortunately, I think the Bears take them here. All right, they're off next. They're off on week ten. A game I thought was going to be a Saturday, a Sunday night game is not. It's a late afternoon game, CBS game, New England 
Brady's last trip to Philadelphia? <laughs> well, man, this was a game when that schedule first came out. I saw that and I said, okay, this is a, this is an Eagles win. Um, we have the Patriots coming off a bye week at home. Um, I was like, okay, this, the Eagles are going to win this game. Then I looked into it a little bit, looked into the, the rest of the schedule, and the Patriots have a bye week too. The week prior, so there's not they don't the Eagles don't really have that um, extra week to prepare advantage because the Patriots have the extra week to prepare. And honestly, it, we beat them in the we may have beat them in the Super Bowl with two week with with two weeks off. But if you give Belichick two weeks to prepare, he's going to come prepared, man. And I think I think the Patriots win this one. Now they hit the really tough part of the schedule here. November's normally not been kind to the Eagles when they're at, when they're actually a decent team. Even when they were a decent team, when they're a contending team, they they hit they hit a they hit a slide in November. But I think for some reason, remember Brady struggled on the road last year, and the NFC East normally has been tough for Brady over the years. I think. You know, I really, really believe that Brady and Belichick—they're—they're go- they're going to come bring their best effort. But I think, I think the the Eagles win this game. I really do. I really do, and I think they win comfortably. I think they win by like ten in this game. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I got the Eagles winning this game. Now Sunday night, Sunday night, Seattle, another quarterback you have never beaten, Russell Wilson. Yeah, well, this is a game that's in Philly, too. So, um, you know, obviously we've seen over the years Seattle is a much different team on the road than they are at home. Um, they just traded Frank Clark this, a week, this week. Um, so that's going to hurt their pass rush. Um, they didn't really replace him in the draft. They did get some nice players. I like I like most of their draft, but um, yeah, I think the Eagles win this one. It's going to be a tough battle. Russell Wilson's the reason why Seattle's going to be relevant for a while, but I think the Eagles make a comeback late and they steal it at the end. It may even go to overtime. So I do agree. I think the Eagles do find a way to beat Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers finally in the first for the first time. All right, now we're entering December. Five more games left. Unfortunately, my my unfortunately my anchor app is going to stop here. I'm going to stop this one. Well, we wouldn't. Well, I don't think we would be done, but we it'd be a, it'd be it, we'd be in trouble. We would definitely be in trouble. Yeah, but hey, man, you never know. We'll see what happens. Um, um, you know, we're not going to get a chance to see some of these rookies like. Um, they learned a lot in the pre- in the regular season, barring injuries. So, you know, guys like him, Melada, you know, it, it'll be nice to see what they've got in in the preseason. So, let me get up this thing for the Eagles here. All right, like I said, I I got this sneak preview here with the Eagles here. Obviously, you know. For the for the viewers, we're doing a sneak preview into the preseason and seeing what we look at. I mean, obviously, we'll get into to Wentz here in a moment here, but 
obviously the running game is a lot better than it had, than it was at all last year. Last year was a joke, you know. Yeah, they made major improvements to the run the running back position, and we just as you. I'm sure you've heard we just brought back Sproles for one more year. So. And that and that's gonna be good. The good news is we don't really need Sproles for the full season. We've we've kinda learned that. But in spots he's gonna we're gonna need him a lot in spots. Yeah, in certain situations he'll bring in um, an added component to the offense because right now you look at the three running backs, I mean Miles Sanders is, is a guy with a lot of speed and and ability, but he's also a rookie. Um, but he also he doesn't have that same sort of quickness, speed, you know, speed, pass catching ability that Sproles brings to the team. And you know, you look at the third down back, which is probably going to be um, Corey Clement. He's more of a he's more of like a, a bigger back, and he's, he doesn't have that great speed. So, well, um, that's the question: Does Corey Clement now? With the running back situation as it is, does Corey Clement even make this team, though? Yeah, he'll make the team as the fourth running back, and um, whether he's active on game day or not, that's that's another question. But he'll be on the team for sure. And, and he, from and, there, hey, it all depends on how some of these other guys look in the, in, in the preseason. I mean, Miles Sanders, he really hasn't even gotten to practice much yet. In, in the, in, so far in, in uh, mini camps or anything, so we have to see what he does in the preseason. Um, Jordan Howard will be active, and he'll be probably the main, the number, the number one, technically number one running back. Obviously, Peterson doesn't really typically go with a number one back; he goes with more of a committee. But um, Howard will probably get the most, the more carries than any of the other backs, and then. Sproles will obviously be active, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I'm but sure Clement will be on the team. But you, but go ahead. He'll, he'll get he'll get time. Obviously, these guys get banged up during the year, so he'll get he'll he'll get some time on the field as well. But like I said, I mean, what I think about the running game is you look at the rest of this division. You look at Dallas with Zeke Elliott. You look at the Giants with Saquon. You look at what Washington's doing with their running get back. They got some, you know, Darius Geis is going to be healthy this year. He's going to get, we're going to get to see what he's all about. And, they, and then the guy that they drafted from Stanford, you know, he's going to eventually play and he's got talent, a lot, a lot of talent. He could be a really good back in this league. So, I mean, obviously the run, the running game this year could be more of a must compare, you know, when you think about some of those, when you look at the rest of the division. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of running backs, man, you don't miss, you don't need Ezekiel Elliott. You don't need Saquon Barkley. Um, it's nice to have them when they're on their rookie contracts because they're not making that much money. But as you see with a guy like um, Todd Gurley, you know, when you have to pay that guy a ton of money, it's just not worth it. So the Eagles are have a have a better way of doing it here, in my opinion, with having multiple running backs and. You know these guys are talented. Don't don't get them. Don't uh, don't sleep on a guy like Miles Sanders. I see that guy's college film from you know last year. Really was the only film that you have on him. But you look at his college film, his his uh, combine numbers, his ability. I mean he he 
does remind you a little bit of, or, or me anyway, a little bit of LaShawn McCoy. That's why I so. said he, he reminds me of what Shady was. And and Shady, and, and like I said, Shady, you would probably a decade ago we were talking would say the same thing. Obviously Westbrook was the was the guy at the time, but Shady was obviously younger and obviously once he learned the playbook, he was going to be fine. And he and it, and by the end of the the twenty uh, the two thousand nine season, he was one of the top runners out there. You know, he was a top rookie runner, and obviously went on to be the greatest rusher in the franchise history. You know. I mean, I like Jordan Howard, and he's been a decent back in this league. But to me, when you look at at at, at the NFC East, he he's not. I don't, I wouldn't put him above Zeke and and Saquon. I, he's not on their level. I mean, he's a decent back. He's he's more of a pounder, but he's not. You know, he's not Zeke or Saquon. Like Saquon's the best of the of the bunch because he can he can catch the ball, he can run it, he can do anything. You know, and and Zeke is 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 a guy who can just run through the through the tackles and everything else before you know it he's got 120 yards on the gra- on the ground and and you and you and you let him miss but with with Jordan Howard you know I've seen a little bit of his of his play in Chicago and he and he's decent enough but obviously they moved to Tariq Cohen and and that's what the Bears have to deal with now but then again when I think about Miles Sanders he reminds me so much of of Shane McCoy that he's going to He's going to, by the end of the year, like I said, once we get towards the end of the year, he's going to be probably the featured back anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously got more talent. Um, Howard's a good back. He's got good, a good combination of size, speed, power, everything. But, you know, he's just a good back. He's not, he's not a superstar, which is why he ended up getting drafted in, what, the fourth or fifth round? I can't remember now. I think it was the fifth round. I'm not, I can't remember either. Good for you, you know. I know. Yeah, but like I said, let's look at other at the other positions here. I mean, let's look at the wide receiver position here. I mean, like I said, I look on this on this list right now, and there's about twelve of them. Obviously, about maybe five of them will make it onto the team. 
we know that the Lacks, the Lacks are obviously Alshon, Deshaun, Zach Ertz, and Dallas Goddard. Those are the the apps. We know those four will definitely be on the roster come September. Come come September first, but you look at and and also Arcelia Whiteside. Obviously, a lot of, they, a lot of people were very happy that he was drafted, and he's going to be a good receiver in this league as well. But do you look at guys like Nelson Aguilar, you know, and, and Sheldon Gibson? At least those two. You look at those two. I mean, does Aguilar make this team? Well, I don't think he's going to get cut. But do you think he gets traded before before the end of this preseason, or does he, or will he be on the roster week one? Yeah, no, man. No one's giving up anything for him. Um, he's going to be making close to ten mil this year. He'll be on the team. He's a slot receiver, and with the, the they have crazy depth at receiver now this year. With all that depth there, even if there are injuries, um, Aguilar can stay in the slot and be as productive as he's going to be for one more year in this team. Um, they're not going to sign him to an extension, but you know he'll. He'll get paid a somewhat decent contract next year, and then they'll be able to pick up a compensation pick for a compensatory pick for him. So, you know, probably a fourth or fifth rounder. So, honestly, to trade him this year for a fifth or sixth rounder, or you can let him leave in free agency and pick up a, say, fifth rounder the following year as a compensatory pick, it really doesn't make much sense to trade him unless you're getting something like a second or third rounder, which you're not going to get for him. Mm. Um, so he'll be on the team. And, but yeah, I mean, this, they have a, a ton of depth on this, on this, on, at skill positions on offense. We already talked about the running backs. Um, you know, you look at Alshon Jeffrey. He's, a, he's, he's your number one. He's a good receiver. Um, Deshaun, if he can stay healthy, he's still got that speed. He's going to stretch the field. Guy's still averaging, leading the league basically. It last led the league last year in yards per reception. Um, but you mentioned their Seagull Whiteside rookie. Um, you know, temper your expectations out of a rookie receiver, but this is a guy that has a ton of potential, and I think he's going to be a year, maybe maybe two down the line. That's going to be your replacement for um, Alshon, because Alshon's starting to get – he's not exactly young anymore, and he, his contract's pretty big, so they're going to be need some cap space. Down the line. Yeah, he, and, uh, yeah. Alshon's almost thirty boy, years old. That one. Yeah, Alshon's almost thirty years old now, so he's getting up yeah. there. He's getting up there, you know. And then don't forget to sleep on um, um, two other guys. You know, Matt Collins. He showed some potential as a rookie last year. He didn't play at all, but we'll see if he can come back healthy this year. Um, the guy's got potential if he's ever if he can ever stay healthy. But even in college, he was constantly injured, so. Yeah, that's an yeah, that's a that's an issue there. I mean, I, I like Matt Collins too. He 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 was impressive in twenty seventeen, but last year he never. I don't even think he played a snap last year. No, no, they put him on um, IR. I think before the season started. Yeah. And then um, don't forget about uh, he seems to have shown some ability in the preseason. He showed some. He, he played really well in that bullshit AAF league, but Charles Johnson, too, um, as a sort of fifth or sixth receiver. You know, guy, guy had showed some ability when he was younger in the NFL, too. So, well, that could, that could 
make it on the team and potentially fill in if there's a ton of injuries. Yeah, I, I do think he'll get a lot of reps during during preseason. I think, you know, we'll see him a lot, especially in, in the in the first and especially the second game. He won't probably be, be in much in the third game because that's a dress rehearsal game. Obviously, if he does well, he may make the practice squad. I can't see him being on the opening day roster to start, but I think if he does have a decent if he does have a decent preseason, you know, does well in these games, then he'll probably at least make the the practice squad. Yeah. And then um like you mentioned, Seth Sheldon Gibson, I think that this is the end of the line for him as an eagle. He doesn't provide anything for special teams and he hasn't provided anything as a receiver at this point, so I mean, you 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 tell me that this way. I mean, Goddard is getting better every every time I see him, and it just seems like between him and Ertz. I mean, Ertz. I don't think Ertz is going to have that great as great a year as he did a year ago because I think Goddard's going to have a lot more in the offensive and the also in the offense than last year. It'll be his second year, so we'll see what happens there. But like I said. Carson Wentz has not had can throw the ball around. I think he's going to have a hell of a year because he's got so many he's got so many weapons, and obviously it's going to be tough for defenses to defend him. It's going to be, you know, the, no wonder why everybody's looking forward to it. You know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think Wentz is going to have a huge year. I mean, it's almost. I mean, you if you're if you're a legitimate top ten quarterback, it's almost impossible not to put up huge numbers in this offense. Yeah. I think I, I he he should have four thousand yards over four thousand yards easily, you know. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I mean I'm expecting at forty five hundred and at least thirty five touchdowns. I, so, I I would get I would say forty. Yeah. <laughs> but let but I'm expecting an MVP caliber season just like two years ago. Yeah. But let's look at the let's look at the old line now, you know, because you know the last part of the offense, the most important part of the offense, the old line. Obviously, Jason Peters is back one more year at least. I mean, this this guy, you know, even even at not even at a hundred percent or even what or even what he was back in the day, this guy can still shut down the best pass rushers in this game. Look at what he did to Aaron Donald. Look what he did to Khalil Mack. They couldn't even touch Nick Foles in those in those games that they won, and and they were on the road on top of that. But obviously, the Brandon Brooks injury, he's not going to be ready to start. He's on the pup list because of the injury he suffered in the playoff game. And you said that Andre Dillard's not going to get much in a way of, of he may not be able, you know, you don't see him starting week one. You don't see him starting week one. Yeah. No, his, his playing time, no, obviously, his only playing time is coming if we have an injury at, at one of the tackle positions. And, Obviously, Peters tends to go down and miss time during the games. He misses plays here and there. So you'll see Dillard out there. He'll be that top backup uh, tackle this year. Um, so he 
he'll get some time, but he's not going to get. He's not going to be a consistent starter on this team unless, say, Peters goes down with a major injury again. Um, mm. At which point he'll be out there. And I do. This is pretty much Peter, as far as I see it, Peters' last year on the team. Obviously, um, with they're not going to just keep Diller on the bench for years to come. You don't. You don't trade up in the first round and do that, but. Yeah, he'll be uh, he'll get some playing time here and there, um, and then you got obviously Lane Johnson, one of the best right tackles in the league. Kelsey consistently grades out as one of the, if not the best center in the league. Um, Sayamalu was decent last year, and then like you said, right right guard Brandon Brooks is the only real question mark whether or not it, whether or not he'll be healthy to start the year. Um, and that was to find out, but they do have some nice depth on the team. So if he's not really ready to start the year, uh, they can get, they can get by for a while without him too. Now, uh, now the now two more guys we we ha- you haven't mentioned obviously is Vitai number seventy two. You know Vitai. I mean, you know he's he's kind of like the Nick Foles on the line, where he's a decent backup. But I don't know if he, he should start, though. I don't think he's a good starter. He's a good backup guy, but I don't know if he's a good starter. And I can see him getting a lot of reps this year. I can see him, even if even if they even if there is no injury, they'll look at him and and, and use him in in parts. Obviously, the left tackle position. If if Peters goes down for a couple of plays, he's he's in there and he does a decent job, but. I could see him starting maybe three to six games this year. Yeah, well, he's not. He's, yeah, like you said, he's not bad. He's not. A, he's nothing special. Um, but they have been working him with the first team offensive line at right guard and in mini camps and everything. So it's it's a possibility that he starts the year at right guard. And the other guy that has never played American football, you know, Jordan Mayana. Jordan Mariana, and there, you know, he was drafted in the seventh round in 2018, and you know the Eagles have a plan to put him in there as a, as a guy that could obviously potentially be a guard down the road, you know, or a tower or, or some or use him in the line. Will we see him a lot in preseason, or is he still a, a project? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll be out there for sure, um, and that's one of the most. When you look at the Eagles preseason, that's one of the most interesting storylines is, is to see his progression from last year to this year. Um, just over the course of last year's preseason we, and training camp and everything, we saw major progression from him. So um, going into year two, he's had all off season to work and learn the positions a little bit more. Um, so we'll see. He, but he's going to be out there a lot, I'm sure. They're going to want to get him as many reps as they possibly can because you got to see what you got with him. Uh, the guy's the guy's huge. The guy's athletic. Like you said, he may end up being moved inside the guard because now they have their tackles for the next at least five years set with uh, with um, Dillard and Lane Johnson. So there's not really an opening at the tackle position, but if he's capable of sliding inside the guard. And the guy could be a really good player. We'll have to we'll, we'll 
see what happens. We'll see how he looks this year because that's that's one of the main things I'm looking at in the preseason. Yeah, because the, there's a lot of guys on on there that's obviously it's make or break for them. You know, it's going to be make or break for them. But that's the offensive side. We'll get to Carson Wentz at the end, so we'll we'll, we'll wait on that. But let's look to the defense. And obviously, you know, you look at the D-line, it's going to be great this year. Barnett's coming off of injury. I think he's going to be he's going to be fine. Fletcher Cox has has all the tools to be defensive player of the year potential. Vinny Curry is back. Brandon Graham is it decided to stay here. You know, he he had a chance to leave a free agency. He didn't want to. Obviously, he's forever known for the for for the for the move in the Super Bowl on Tom Brady, he's forever loved here, and then obviously bringing in Malik Jackson, which is which I told you earlier in the in the off season, he's good enough for seven sacks a season. He's going to be good. Obviously, that's you know that front four is going to be dangerous. You know, Chris obviously Tim Jernigan's back. Chris Long retired, so we don't have to worry about that. But you know, so my question to you is. Let's look at let's look. I mean, Sharif Miller and Josh Sweat. Where do they fit? Do they fit well as as backups? Yeah, man. Well, the way I view it is, um, I look I look at the whole team, uh, the whole defensive line here. Um, Brandon Graham will be good again. I'm not worried about him. Um, I think Derek Barnett, he's healthy. He's going to be healthy now this year. I think he's going to really take a step forward and get us double-digit sacks. I think he's going to really uh, come into his own this year. He's going to get a lot of playing time. Um, Like you said, Fletcher Cox is a beast. And you look at the rest of the defensive tackle position compared to last year. Last year, I mean, Timmy Jernigan didn't even play pretty much all year. And they really didn't have much behind him. You know, they had old man Haloti Nada. Yeah. He, he was pretty much washed up. Um, yeah, he would have been nice. He would have been nice if it was six years ago. Yeah, exactly. So now you're taking that and you're adding a healthy Timmy Jernigan plus Malik Jackson. And plus they also traded for Hassan Richway, who won't play a ton. He'll get on the field here and there. But if there are, is an injury, he can at least come in and be a solid player too. So that defense, they're going to get a ton of pressure up the middle at, at the defense, on the defensive tackle position. And um, like you were saying, then um, Josh Sweat, Vinny Curry, Sharif Miller, if you know they need, they need at least one of those guys to come out and really be a quality backup lineman and preferably two of them Um, because obviously Schwartz likes to rotate these players. Um, He he can be a decent player. He's he's obviously never going to be a a superstar, but he's a guy that is a solid vocational type player. Um, And I do expect Josh Sweat to really come come forward this year and really, really play well. Um, that guy's got all the when you when you look at his measurables, he's got all the talent in the world. Um, he didn't do much last year. Obviously, met most obviously most defensive ends don't do much their rookie years. That's why I'm not expecting much out of Sharif Miller. Frankly, I'm not expecting him to play much. I, I'm looking 
barring injuries, I'm looking at him being in that um, Josh Sweat role from last year where he barely even got on the field. But I'm expecting a, a good year out of, out of Sweat. I could see five sacks out of him in a rotational-type role, which for us, for that, would be good. Um, when you look at it, a guy like uh, Chris Long last year had, what, six? Six and a half, maybe? Yeah. If you get if you get five, five and a half from Sweat, that, that's good from a second-year rotational defensive end. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking at, looking for out of him. Yeah, like I said, Vinnie Curry left after the Super Bowl to join uh, the Bucks, and obviously that was not didn't go well, unfortunately. So, <laughs> so he's back, he's back, and 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 we'll see, and we'll see if he can. Do what he did like he did in 2017. I mean, he's not he's not a terrible player. He did a good job in his first run here, but obviously, you know, he's got that back to the future kind of deal there. You know, so good for him. Yeah, he's the type of guy. He's probably not going to get us a ton of sacks. He'll get some pressure. He'll set the edge um, against the run, but um, even more so, you know, you look at what he, he was. He was huge in the in the playoffs, the Super Bowl run. So, you know, the guy can the guy can get after the quarterback and make some plays, but you know, I'm not expecting him to be a, a beast or anything like that. But yeah, we could get we could get a good five six sacks out of him too. Yeah. Now, let's look at the linebackers here. I mean, Nigel Bradham is back, and he's been very good for us the la- the last three seasons. Gruger Hill, number fifty-four, has obviously grown over the last couple of years from a from a special teams player in his in twenty seventeen. He had a couple of decent games in twenty eighteen, so I expect him to 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 continue to grow here in his third season. In was well, not his third season, his fourth season, but I can only remember him from twenty seventeen. What's going on there with that page? But obviously, and and one other person on here. Is Nathan Gary, who played a lot in the postseason. So, what do you what do you expect out of the linebackers this year? Well, honestly, um, when the when the draft ended and we didn't have or you know when we were going into the end of the draft and we still didn't have a linebacker that we had drafted and we lost Jordan Hicks. It was I, I was a little worried about that position, um, like you said. Bouger Hill, he showed some potential last year. He he played he played well. Um, I don't see I don't see uh, I don't see Nate Jerry as anything more than a backup special teams type player. But in that role, he's fine. Um, you know they, they they still have Paul Warlow. I don't know what he's going to bring to the team, but. Um, once the draft ended, they did make two moves that I did like. Um, that added a, a lot to this team, I think. Um, signing T.J. Edwards as an undrafted free agent out of Wisconsin, I think you're gonna, he's going to he's going to make the team this year, and he's going to he's going to be a good player for us down the line. It's, that's a guy that I like. Um, I liked in the draft. The fact that he won undrafted, I don't. It's, it's Mainly just because he's not a three-down linebacker, he's more of a um, he's more of a thumper. But 
he's a guy that in, in the right spots he can get on the field and he could be a decent player. And even more so after the draft, they went out and they got uh, Zach Brown, who really is going to add to that sort of that that linebacker position. Um, obviously, we typically only use two linebackers for both. You know, most teams do that nowadays because, frankly, most teams on offense run nickel or they run they run three wideouts, so you have to run nickel on defense. But uh, you know, you look at uh, Bradham and Zach Brown with. Uh, Grugier Hill as your top backup slash third linebacker. That's not too bad. I'll take it. All right. I mean, if you're cool with that, I'm cool with it too. But now... But now we have the most important part of the defense that's always been questioned. It's always the considered weak link of it. And obviously... I mean, there's a lot of questions... But there's probably some answers here that you probably would give me here. Now, if you look at the cornerback situation, last year we saw Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby, and I was there when Ronald Darby tore his, tore his knee. I was there. I saw him down there. It was not pretty. And Rodney McLeod was lost like, two or three games into this season on the, you know, as a, you know, like I said, if you think about, if you think about the, the Saints and how that game played and you, and you saw guys like, like LeBlanc and Avante Max who had an, an exceptional rookie year. I mean, even though it's kind of an unsung rookie year because nobody really paid attention to him, but he, he was out there making plays and getting interceptions. You have to think if Ronald Darby or Dalen Mills was in that game, then obviously the Eagles probably could win that game. They could have probably won that game, and we could be sitting here with another Lombardi Trophy going for a three-peat. Well, I, I say they would have won that game if uh, um, Stuart Douglas didn't get injured, man. They, they were down to, you know, LeBlanc was balling, and um, Maddox, he got beat a couple times. He got beat a little bit there in that game, but, um, you know, he was a good player. But other than those two, they were, they were down to the freaking scrap. And you gotta give and you gotta give a, a lot of credit to Jim Schwartz. They had no business in that game at the end. They had no business. They were done. I don't even know. I don't even know how they were able to even. They barely had anybody. You and I could be playing cornerback, but somehow everything was working right defensively. Even though it wasn't, somehow you make one play on Breeze, and they got and they got some defensive stops there near the end. Where the gate, where we could have stolen the game that we should have easily won at one point. Yeah, well, I mean, I, mean, there, I, I felt that game fell more on the offense. It was more on the offense than the defense, anyway. Um, you know, this, they came out, they had a shot to really, in the first quarter, even just really take their foot and stomp the fucking Saints, and uh, you know, they just didn't take advantage. Um, you know, they, they scored two touchdowns quick. They got the ball back. They were just driving a little bit, and then they turned the ball over. And yeah. things started changing from there. But and it's, at the end of the game, they had they were moving the ball again. They had they were Foles was moving the offense. They had a shot to win it, and I, uh, the ball went right through Jeffrey's hands. Yeah, I'm. I'm very. We're, we're all very. You know, we're all very, very aware of that. We don't even have to yeah. bring that up. Yeah. I mean, but. 
In their house, and in their house. Like I said, I mean, looking back, like I said, looking back at last season, even though we're we're looking at the preseason, but the Eagles played their final six games, and five of them were on the road, and they had a chance to win all five of them. All five of them. You don't. That doesn't happen in this league. You don't go on the road and have that kind of consistent consistent contender that you can steal games and win games out there. And they won a lot of games on the road. Some easily. But but that doesn't happen very often in this league. Especially last year. Look at New England. New England was terrible on the road in a lot of games last year. It, I don't even know how the hell they won the Super Bowl, but that just tells you how great Brady and Belichick is. But that but the, we'll talk about that another in another in another podcast. But let's go back to, to the secondary because we got a little off here. I mean, obviously, we know Malcolm Jenkins, you know, he's a leader. You know, even though we don't know how much he has left in the tank, we know he's a leader and he's going to be reliable. Obviously, Rodney McLeod is back. Rasul Douglas is is, is going to be back for year number two. He, he was so good last or year number three. Yeah, year number three, and he was really good at times last year, you know, playing off the backup. And obviously, Avante Maddox, we've talked about. Jalen Mills is back with his green hair. But what about Sidney Jones? Uh, because the Achilles injury and just the thought process of Sidney Jones, do you think Do you think he's shot, or do you think he still can have a decent career? Yeah. Well, with, that, with the whole secondary, um, you know, safety is good. You don't have to worry about safety, man. They got three quality safeties plus Trey Sullivan, um, who showed some upside too. So they're fine there. Um, Quarterback is the interesting position here. Um, Sidney Jones is the sort of uh, X factor or whatever you want to call him, but uh, he's he's the most uh, intriguing guy cornerback on this team. Um, this is a guy that's got the potential to be the a number one Pro Bowl type cornerback. Um, we saw him he was up he was he was dominant at Washington. Um, he tore his he tore his Achilles obviously we, we know his history, his injury history. Um, last year though, you know, he came out the first couple games, they had him playing in the slot. He looked pretty good. He was playing well and then he had this hamstring injury and that was it, you know. He never really, he never really played well the rest of the year after that. Um, but he, this is a guy that he does have a ton of potential, and we'll see if they can um, harness that and turn him into a top-notch cornerback. But yeah, this is the position that really is is the intriguing one. There's a lot of open spots here on this team in terms of starters and playing time, you know. Um, Darby's coming off a big injury, and Mills, you know, he was injured last year. He's, we, we know him. He's not He's not ever going to be a superstar. But he's decent he's, enough. He can he can make plays, though. He can make plays. He can be a decent player. He, I mean, he, he was a starting quarterback on a Super Bowl champion defense that was a top-five-ranked defense in the NFL. So it's not like he's a, a terrible player or anything, but at the same time, you look at some of the other corners on this team, 
I, I think Rasul Douglas is better. Um, Avante Maddox, he's got, he, he, like you said, he played great last year as a rookie. Um, now, I, I see him as being your, their top nickel cornerback this year um, with Craven LeBlanc sort of as the backup nickel. Yeah, Craven LeBlanc. He he he's a most improved player in in the in the season because he went from playing he went from playing the first Saints game not knowing not even knowing what he was doing and by and by the time we played the Saints in the playoffs he got he he picked up a big a long pass that Breeze had of seventy yards. Yeah, no, he um he he was uh, they picked him up mid season off the scrap heap. He was a, he was a nobody. He was a fill in type player. They had so many injuries and. He ended up by the time the year end came, we got to the end of the regular season. He was he was he was balling as a, as the nickel corner. Yeah, and he really found a role on the team, and he really came through. So he's a guy going forward that uh, I, I he, he's got some potential as a nickel corner on this team. Um, eventually, I, I think that they're gonna they got to figure out a, a, an exact role for Maddox. I don't know if they're going to keep him in the nickel or move him outside. You know, he's a little small to play outside, but at the same time, there's a lot of small quarterbacks in the NFL that have played well, including guys like uh, Sheldon Brown, you know. So, yeah, they moved him outside and they put Maddox in the nickel in the in coming years. But I think this, this year is the last year you're going to see Ronald Darby on the team. Um, this is the last year you're going to see Jalen Mills on the team. I think the future of this team, or there's other four, if, if Sidney Jones can step it up. Yeah, but, uh, but it just seems like for for a lot of guys, I mean, like Ronald Darby, you know, like you know, like Darren Sproles, guys who are coming back. I mean, Sproles is by you know at the end of his run, but you know, Ronald Darby returning was kind of a surprise to both of us because we we both thought he was going to be going to another team. But obviously, he didn't. He feels like he can win a, a, another Super Bowl, and he feels like he can play. He, he he wants to leave Philly on his own terms instead of the injury, instead of injury. So yeah, he well, it, it seems like he didn't get offered a big contract in free agency. So you know, sign a, a, a one year deal with, with the Eagles. He's here. He knows the, the playbook. He's had success here. You know, if he comes back healthy, he's good, and he's going to get paid next year. So. You know, it just makes sense to come back to the Eagles on a cheap one-year deal as opposed to maybe signing a two- or three-year deal at a, a major discount because he's coming off an injury. Yeah. All right, we've covered every part of the team. We're not going to look at special team. I mean, the kicker, we already know Jake's going to be back, and we know who the punter is and the long snapper. We all know that, so that we, we don't care about that. But obviously it goes back to to Carson Wentz. Now, I don't know if you're watching the NFL Network. They have their their annual show called The Top 100 Players. You know? Yeah, I don't really watch that, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they have, and it's a complete disrespect. They had Carson Wentz, who started 11 games last year and played very well. He was like probably the 6th or 7th rated quarterback despite playing only 11 games. 96. You're telling me that some clown that that he's the 96th best player in the NFL. That's a lie. That's a straight up lie. They, I don't know what 
what these players are thinking about. You know, it must be these young guys who want who want to be divas or something. You know. Well, I mean, the way I view it, um, they gonna put Kirk Cousins ahead of him if he makes this list. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> well, the thing is, with with Wentz last year, um, his stats were good, but the offense didn't really move. You know, it wasn't the same. They didn't. They weren't putting up a lot of points on a week to week basis. Um, and you know, it falls. Uh, there's it's more than just Wentz, but at the same time, they they just weren't. They just weren't putting up that many points. So, I mean, I get it. He's obviously not. He's obviously not going to be as high as he was going into last year in terms of that rating because two years ago he was the best quarterback in the NFL. But you know, I get it. I get it. He uh, he, he this offense needs to. They, they really should be dropping thirty five a game on teams with, yeah. the, uh, with all the talent they have. So yeah, but like I said, for for Carson Wentz, this this is. This season, he has to prove everybody wrong because as much as I'm looking forward to this season, as you, as everybody is, I have my doubts. You know that. I have my doubts. And unfortunately, there is no there is no Nick Foles to bail him out like it's been the last couple of years that's obviously worked. One, one year it worked, worked out in the best way. So, you know, Nate Sudfeld's a decent backup. I think he can be a decent backup, but he's not on Nick Foles' level, obviously. So, you know, it's all up to Carson. You know, he has to he has to stay healthy, and that's been a problem even going back to his days in North North, North Dakota. So he's got he's gotta he's got he's gotta, you know and obviously, you know, he's never play, started a playoff game e- either. You know, if he gets if we get all the way into the postseason, obviously we should. There's no there's no doubt that this team shouldn't have no problem winning at least 12 games this year. They should be good enough to get get to the postseason, and obviously they should have they should be the one seed and all that. But we'll get to that when we when we do our previews in a couple of weeks. But obviously, Carson Wentz, it's it's him or bust, basically. You know, it's him or bust because you know he he's he's the guy. Everybody can be doing their roles. We can stay healthy all year. We could be the most healthiest team in the league. But if he goes down, if he goes down, there's there's not going to be another parade on Broad Street in February. If he goes down, so he knows he knows his role. He knows his role, and he better know. And he damn sure better know how to use it. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing is injuries. Is him staying healthy? I mean. If he's healthy, again, he's a top, top-notch top quarterback. He's an elite quarterback in the NFL, um, but he's got to stay healthy. So they gotta they got to put together good game plans. Um, he's going to have to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker, and the offensive line is going to do their job. Um, but I'm not worried about the line. I'm sure Peterson and the, the, the whole staff, they know, that they know what they know what's at stake here, so they're not going to sit here doing five step drops every 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 down. And, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna um, put together good game plans on a week to week basis. You know, last year, like we mentioned, they had no running game. This year, they got a ton of running backs. I'm looking, so you know, you look at this team from two years ago. They this team was a 
four and number two in the NFL in rushing um, in the Super Bowl year. Um, I, I think they're going to get, get back to running the ball a lot more this year, and it's going to open a lot of things up for Wentz. It's going to take a lot of pressure off of him. So it's, uh, it's up to him to not take too many hits at that point. Yeah, and at this point, like I said, we've we've covered, we obviously covered the whole Eagles 